Hey everyone, Michael here. Uh, I'm putting this little excerpt at the, the beginning of the episode just to let everyone uh, know that's watching or listening. Uh, this will be part one of what ends up being a three-part um, season review. Uh, we normally try to record for about an hour and a half for every season review. We ended up recording for about four and a half hours, uh, which is far too long to put into one recording. So we've split it up into three. Uh, this first part is purely just a general overview um, and talk about our favorite races and we talk about sprints a little bit as well. Uh, parts two and three are going to be more on teams and drivers um, specifically so um, but yeah enjoy this one uh, the following episodes will be coming out uh, shortly if they're not out already um, but yeah enjoy I hope everyone had a really good holiday season um, and is looking forward to 2024 as much as we are um, but yeah enjoy hello everybody and welcome to final sector for our 2023 f1 season review uh, fair warning, this one could go for a very long time. We may split it into two <laughs> parts, uh, so we'll see how we go, though. There's, there's a lot to cover. Um, it's been a very long season. Uh, it's Looking back, I went uh, and, and did a bit of... Um, bit of research or a bit of like looking back at highlights and things and mm. just not even remembering some of the stuff that happened in the start of the season thinking like this has to have been 22 like it can't have been 23 it's just <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. it's just been so so long um but uh, i wanted to get your general thoughts of the season first and um yeah how'd you see it did you did you like it were there things you could improve just kind of general vibe General vibe. Well, we've certainly given ourselves some time to, to cook, to think about the season, to reflect, mm. to talk to others. Um, and the biggest thing, which is what I've, I've still said throughout the season, even though we knew relatively early on after maybe, you know, the first, let's say, third of the season that it was looking like there was really only going to be one result yes. <laughs> for both of the championships. However, in a season that has been one of, if not the most dominant season, if you look at the record books and such... I still feel like a lot of people think it was a really good, enjoyable season. Um, all those I've spoken to, even when I've listened to, you know, podcasts and other season reviews and thoughts and such mm. and roundups from the final rounds. Um, most people are almost, you know, not just like, well, thank God that's over. Let's hope it's better next year. You know how yeah. we used to have every year back in the, the, the early mid to mid, mid, the 2010 mid eras yeah, per se. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, just the whole so, 2010s pretty much was that. Exactly, was, exactly. Yeah. But um, we, we didn't have that. Like, it, it, it's a strange one how, which it probably frames most of the discussion we'll have, at least when we're talking about Max and Red Bull, is that in a season that was factually one of, or basically the most dominant, you can argue, yet it was one that everyone seemed to enjoy. And yet, mm. how does that happen? How yeah. why, why was it enjoyable despite that, right? Yep. Um, yep. And, and it leads to a lot of interesting talking points, a lot of things around cost caps and all sorts of other things, which mm -hmm. I think plays into it all. But um, overall, as a season, look, yeah, I'm not sitting here going, thank God it's over. Hey, I'm you know, we need to change some things. Hopefully they change whatever. I'm like, I, mm. I think, sure, there's things that could have been better, but I think it also bodes really well well for the mm. future. I think almost it, it um, we can only go up from here and, and we're starting from a pretty strong place, even looking ahead to next year. So yeah. yep. I, it was good. It was, yeah. it was as, as you found, there was a lot to go back and try to remember. There was a it, lot that happened. It feels um, like every week, every race weekend had something to talk about or something interesting happened. There wasn't any like, super forgettable weekends. You just went, oh, really, nothing yeah. happened. You know, it was a, yeah. a skip there, there, it if you're going to go back and watch. There were a few, but like, we'll, maybe we'll, I was going to say maybe we'll touch on those, but no one will remember, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, um, touch on but, what? But yeah, like, um, it's hard to, having having watched pretty heavily since, I don't know, maybe mid to late 2010s, and, and that era where it was, you know, and, and like you say, like, there's always going to be this caveat on the season where it's like, yeah, but Max was so dominant, and then, you know, this... It, in saying that, like you say that a lot of people you speak to say it was a good season, and I, I do have that thought as well. But there are also people that I've spoken to that are like, yeah, it was a good season, but, and it's always mm, that that mm, but that it's like, course. you know, um, but even when you try and argue that it's like, but if if you watch during the Mercedes era where one they were super dominant and two the racing was shit. Um, they still, it's, it's, it's still always going to have this caveat this season, um, which I guess it, it's somewhat disappointing, 
because it was like you say it was such an incredible season of f1 um it's the i would say the closest the field's ever been since i started watching um Mm. and that i think enough like alone is enough to say yeah this is trending in the right direction um you know there's like you say there's 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 little things that uh you know we've complained about that we pointed out that the drivers and, and the teams are not happy about throughout the season but like most of those things they can sort of work towards getting better it's not like they've they've settled on this big you know cost cap era and these these designs of cars and they're like hey this is literally we've gone the other direction or it's done nothing like it does seem to be doing something um it might take a little while for it to really come to its like full potential um but it's it's like it's been a good season and there's there's a lot of stuff to talk about for sure so um i mean the the first point I wanted us to talk about, which I even sort of alluded to right right at the beginning, is the fact that it was it, it was a long season. It was a really 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 long season. Um, and as much as I did enjoy the season, by the time the end came, it's like I just needed to switch off because it was just mm. so much. There was so so much, and maybe like kind of reflecting on it, maybe for the more casual Formula One viewer where they just watch qualifying and the race and maybe the sprint stuff, they're probably thinking, hey, this is awesome, more Formula 1. Yeah. You know, 20, 22 races, <laughs> yeah. 24 next year, awesome, that's great. Where they can be like, okay, I'll watch an hour of qualifying and I'll watch two hours of a race and then that's it. I could switch off and not think about it. Exactly. That's probably great for that. And obviously that's kind of what Formula 1 are trying to do. They want to get those, you know, the new engagement, the new fans, the ones that... Uh, are going to engage in that way but for people like us who are like we're watching every single session and you know we're trying to to even make content out of it and we're trying to research and think and you know it's it's a lot and like the drivers and the teams are all saying hey it's it's a lot it's too much we're getting burnt out and it's it's hard to find that balance i feel like i mean we, we could we could go into um it was a question i think oh yeah crosso from mm. from discord made a comment saying um some of the things like he had a couple of thoughts coming out of the season we asked for questions and comments from from people um we got quite a few so we'll, we'll discuss those but this is one of the first ones that i wanted to talk about um because crosso also had the same thought saying there are too many races and with the sprints that feels compounded um and i think yeah for for more hardcore f1 fans i feel like it is it's just a bit too much um but i'm curious to know your thoughts and yeah but i just feel like it was probably just just a little bit i think 20 probably is a good amount 22 Mm. was sort of pushing it and 24 i don't even know how how this year (laughs) this year is gonna go with um with how it works out but yeah there's a few different ways to slice and i guess it also leans on a few things that that we saw others discussing too because i guess there's there's a side of I guess the casual viewer and then mm. there's the side of those you know that are very heavily into it yes and there's also the side of how does it work within f1 in terms of the effect on yeah. the teams the drivers and everything both the positives and negatives all right like the reason that they're exploding in popularity so much is because it, well sorry the reason that they're adding so many races and they're struggling to add races is because they've had both this new rise in popularity mm-hmm. and they've found a business model that's working really well for tracks it wasn't that long ago we had you know, F1 trying to go into new countries and markets. They'd be there for a year or two and then they couldn't yeah. afford it. They had to back out and they were really struggling. And now they're back to the first problem, which is they've got like, you know, they're already at three places in America and they've got three more cities that want to come in. And they've got other cities, you know, basically begging for them to come mm. to say, hey, this is actually working. We know following Melbourne closely that the Melbourne's turned a profit for the first time in the first few years from this event, right? It was never a problem for them, but the fact that now it's a profit is even more a double bonus. And now, you know, they've gone from should F1 go away from Melbourne to now having one of the longest contracts of any race, right? It's happening because it's it's, it's turned from that page. Yeah. So obviously from a point of view where, you know, we're in COVID, teams are worried about finances and such. From that perspective, the easy point is to say is, well, still more races for everyone means more money. It means more Mm. stability. It means teams, you know, we're, you know, moved away from the bygone era of teams struggling. Every team there now, because of cost cap, because of all this money, are are pretty stable, right? There's a good, healthy economy and they want to, keep making that rise so that does have an effect internally on teams on drivers on mechanics i think 
that's probably why they escalated this push even for the geographical calendar. Like they're labeling yes. it as yeah. a more climate thing, which makes sense. But also that's going to drastically reduce the travel teams are doing. It means mm. they, if they have like certain teams that they only use for parts of the world, then they can, you know, actually have them. You know, you do the, the Asia Oceanic races, then you do the Europe rather than where they bounce back and forth. And then it's hard yeah. to get consistent people. They're still traveling halfway across the world. Um, so yeah. I think internally, I, I still think we are kind of at the limit, you know, if they're trying to push any beyond it's too much, but I think internally they'll be all right with this level because they're trying to, you know, merge everything to make it as easy for those. Mm. And that'll still help with costs and all that jazz anyway, which means it's a self-fulfilling cycle, right? From yeah. that perspective. Yeah, um, yeah. From my perspective, it's interesting thinking about sprints in this context. I think if we took sprints out, It'd I'm actually still okay. fine with this yeah. amount. I yeah, like this right. amount. Yeah. The sprints is what makes it feel like a bit overkill at the moment. Mm. If we were back to only having 17, 18, if we had like races two or three weeks apart consistently and we had a few sprints here and there, it would feel nice because mm. you've got these gaps and you've got these big weekends here and there. Yeah. When you've got so many weekends, you don't need these bigger weekends in mm. general. And that's, I think, what adds to that, that almost that burnout is when you get these massive big weekends and even if you get to a smaller weekend, you're still trying to recover from the last massive one. Well, think you're about what just... we, we had, uh, was it Qatar... A sprint that weekend was a straight into what well, was Qatar yeah. and then immediately into uh Circuit of the Americas and both were sprint yeah. weekends. That was yeah full that on was, uh, that too was much. Really, what led to that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. um, so I I don't think I mind the amount even from both a casual fan perspective and and you know someone someone watching it deeply. Yeah, I and mean, that's partly just because I live and breathe it, right? And that's enjoyable. Yeah, yep. Um, but it is interesting how. You know, I've generally not minded sprints by itself, but in that bigger context, it's actually like, it's well, thing. as long as the race weekends in general are good and we mm. don't need these extra things that sprints are supposed to bring, they're almost the thing that feels like it's just a bit too much yeah. in the whole pot, right? You could be right, actually. Like, when you put it that way, that does... I feel like if you took yeah. sprints out of it, I'd probably be okay with it too in terms of the content. Mm. Um, I mean, we'll talk about sprints a little bit later as a yeah, I don't as want to go thing. Too yeah, but... but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean... It was still very, very enjoyable, but like I said, it was just nice to sort of <laughs> sort of switch off for a couple of weeks. But um, yeah. I think this season coming up is is shaping up to be incredibly interesting. Again, we'll go into that um, a little bit mm. in a later video, but um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it does. I think outside of the the, the sheer dominance at the top, uh, as the season got further, you know, later into the season, we we saw. A little bit more of convergence particularly at the top so and I, th I think that does bode well for for next year and and 2025 as well so um but we will have to see uh let us know what your general thoughts of the season anyone that's listening watching um <laughs> definitely felt like a season of two halves as well like um you know i, I guess that points to the length of the season as well like uh but yeah particularly with the performance of the teams again we'll go into each team by team as, as we go but we had you know aston starting incredibly strong um the clearly the second fastest team mm. and then you got to a certain point let's say i don't know austria british grand prix i don't know why i'd pick those two that's crazy and then it's sort of like the the dynamic sort of shifted uh and mclaren are like hey we're actually the second fastest team now mm -hmm. um and it kind of felt like if you if you think back to like the first part of the season where Aston was strong, you're like that could easily have been last year. Like this could have been one year where Aston was strong, and then another year where McLaren was strong. It just feels like that's the severity of the change within yeah. within the teams. Like you still had some constants. Um, you know, you had Williams. They started maybe a little further back at the start, like sort of towards the back, and then they, uh, you know, genuine fighting with, with teams like alpine mm. um and yeah very easily the the top of that uh i guess the i, I don't want to say back markers because there's f like no, four no, teams 2.5 people yeah. call it 2.5 yeah yeah 2.5 so um <laughs> yeah but uh, 2.5 yeah <laughs> yeah yeah or f1.5 yeah yeah f1 yeah yeah. I forget what it was called because they had like F1 and then F1.5 and then F1.5.5. <laughs> oh, of course they did, yeah. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, second yeah. half of the second half of the grid, not yeah. the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, it was interesting because there was really three three places on the grid. There was, yeah, that 
Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, outside of you know Red Bull being dominant, but even then, you could argue Perez was still was sort yes, of there. yes, um, yeah. but yeah, you had those sort of teams at the top. McLaren eventually got there; they weren't there at the start, but you know, you had Mercedes, Ferrari, Aston, Red Bull, eventually McLaren, and then you have Alpine in their own little category, except for occasionally when Williams would be yes. there, and then right at the end of the season when AlphaTauri was there. And then you have that bottom part, which is like your Haas, AlphaTauri, Williams, uh, Alfa Romeo. And that's sort of the four mm-hmm, at the bottom. Mm-hmm. So it was, there is still, if you look really closely, you can still sort of like segregate it that way, which I, you know, I think that what, what everyone sort of hopes is that you kind of get to a point where you can't do that, which I don't know you if you've ever do, had, yeah. but... Yeah, you can do it kind of towards the season's end, but as a summary mm. of the year, there was almost no team that stayed no. in that bucket. Like, maybe Alpha and May did a little bit. Mm. Like, Haas was pretty, like, midfield at the start of the gates and fell back. And as you say, Alpha Tari then arguably jumped up to the front of that mm. middle group. You know, McLaren, of course, would allegedly start at the back and they're at the front. Aston started in the front, kind of moved to the middle-ish, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so it's almost like, yeah. even if you look at it overall, no one really stayed where they where they were, which is the whole point in that if you get yes. a good weekend or a poor weekend, you know... Or you get upgrades right older. or get upgrades yeah. wrong or... Yeah. You have, a, yeah, like a poor running Mercedes or Ferrari. It's like, ah, oh, well, you still get a fifth or a sixth. It's like, yeah. no, you're not getting the points, yeah. you know? You're falling, you know, very, very rapidly up and down. Yep. So um, you're still in a perfect world, you don't have everyone equal, but mm. yeah like that point it's the closest we've had this was the closest we've had so you're still going to have those yeah segregation divisions but Mm. they're closer than ever the lines are very blurred between them there's no yeah consistent gap there yeah the the only issue that i did kind of see like it was a sort of pointed out pretty early in the year um you know these rule changes with these car with these new cars obviously were designed to remove the dirty air effect uh, mm. on the downforce which last year they calculated was about 15 to 20 percent um it, they say it's jumped up to about 35 yeah. percent which yep. when it was 50 percent before the rules change and that's the reason they changed it was to try and remove that dirty air and it's already like in one year of the regulations it's already yeah. halved um the the difference that it initially had it's like that's a little worrying to like the racing was still good this year like there was a lot of side-by-side action and i think that's you know with with how close the teams were is probably um made that uh yeah it's it's sort of put that 35 percent number like to the back of everyone's minds because you can be like yeah but everyone was close and you know, like you say the team there was still around. plenty of fighting yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. but it is sort of a worrying trend and i know that yeah. the um so the the fi formula one in general they've sort of looked at that and then be like all right we need to sort of clamp down on the loophole stuff you know obviously that's teams will always find the loopholes they to try said and get that the when these regs day, yeah. came in they said this is what we're doing yeah. and if anyone finds a real way to jump outside of it we will be quick to make rules changes even year mm. by year you know give you half a um, half a year's notice so yeah. they, i think they've said for now i think they're making some ever so slight changes for next year but it's not yeah. that grand but you wouldn't be surprised if mid or end of year they said all right and then by the way here's like a 0.5 revision of the rules right yeah, to try and clamp yeah. down on some of the trends because they can try and imagine all they can but Again, those those that are writing the rules, the aero rules, the car rules, there's only so mm. many of them. While, you know, the teams have hundreds, you know, thousands of people each that yeah. explore every avenue. So, yep. but yeah, they did preface this. And I think they've got, uh, what do you call it, like levers in their power to basically say they can make pretty short term adjustments if needed. Because, yep. yeah, they've got to make the, yeah, the spirit. So if we start the well, year think... and suddenly overtaking is abysmal, then they can be pretty quick in saying we can make some pretty sweeping things here to improve mm. it. But... Yeah, I think they did a similar thing. Like, we think in the last year, the the, the floor stays when they had all that yeah, significant bouncing. Yeah, towards the end yeah. of the last regs, because yeah. they pushed it on because of COVID. Mm. They didn't bring the rules forward. They said, we're going to stay, but we're removing some things to make it temporarily better. It'll mm. be very similar in that vein, right? That, that's yeah. that's the same kind of thinking. Yeah. Talking about the season as a whole, before we go on to the teams, the the one question I wanted to, to ask, we actually got a question on, on YouTube from someone just J uh, and a bunch of numbers so i don't know <laughs> J don't numbers. know who they are hey. but um thank you for the question Jen. uh it's a very simple question um but what was the best race of the season in your opinion mm. i i obviously went back and watched a lot of the highlights so i've got refresh for you i've got some thoughts but uh, i'm curious what your what your thoughts are on the the best race of the season just off the cuff it's hard to pick 
one. I didn't I mean, pick I've got, one. Like, a little... I'll, I'll, I'll put that out there. I, didn't I know, pick a I know. One. I'll, yeah. I'll probably still commit to one. I mean, they're kind of the, the obvious ones, and maybe yeah. because I didn't review, maybe there's one that I forgot that was a bit of a sleeper, right? Mm. Um, I mean, real quick, we had Melbourne, partly because it was chaos, yeah. and partly because we, we attended, there. so there's a bit of bias there. But it was a good race nonetheless. I've been to many Melbournes, and some of them have been fairly sleepy even yes. last year was fairly sleepy this year was uh yeah it was lot good. to uh <laughs> be excited for um i put down vegas just because we didn't know what was going on and i thought the race itself was thrilling a bit of a yep. roller coaster yep, yep. um that's a good shout um singapore hard to disagree i mean yeah. we had a titanic battle for, for someone else and it wasn't just a runaway it was actually you know an amazing amazing fight really amazing good. race yeah. Um, I did have a note for Miami because I thought that wasn't bad. There was a lot of interesting trends and things there that I think set storylines for the season. Um, mm -hmm. So I didn't think that was bad on, on Reflect. Yep. Um, and maybe because just it was amazing to see Aston up there, some of those early races, Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, weren't, weren't quite bad as well. So yep. um, I'd have to go back and check. It'd be hard for me to think of something that maybe just in general I enjoyed mm. more than, than Vegas, to be honest. It I don't know. Good. I think that track layout, I think just some of the... The corners and the passing just being so different, mm. like had me, you know, more on the edge of my seat than any other race I can remember. Um, you know, I generally enjoy watching races, but sometimes, you know, I get a bit distracted or whatever. But that race the whole time, I just remember being glued, like yeah, trying to figure out what was going on. Yep. Combination of the track surface, everything. It was um, very, very good. Like surprisingly so... good as well, because you know, coming into to Vegas, it was obviously the the whole focus was on the spectacle and less about the racing. So you're just thinking, have yeah. they just thrown in a racetrack just to throw in a racetrack and then have the big party yeah. stuff around it and then you get to it and you're like oh the race was actually like incredible like it was and really, that's really my good. opinion i'm yeah. thinking just of of the race and the actual yes. on track stuff right from that perspective so um if you take everything else out and just look at the race that's what i'm basically yeah yeah on. of so course yeah if i had to pick one i i yeah, I don't know. I find it hard to think of one that, mm. as I say, had me on the edge of my seat as much as that yeah. throughout the year. Um, so, but anyway, you you take it away, Mister Research Man. What have you got? <laughs> yeah, well, I'll I'll, we got? I'll echo three of yours in the Australian, Singapore, and Las Vegas Grand Prix again. Mm -hmm. Same reasons as you. Um, you know, Vegas. That I think the low, like the super low grip, definitely helped because uh, again, it brought. It brought Leclerc into it as a genuine, like, threat for the win uh, as well. Like, he was genuinely a threat to, to, to beat Max mm. in that race because of just how that Ferrari fires up its tyres. Um, and if things sort of went more his way a little bit, I think he could have he could have won that race. So that was good. Singapore, you know, that was um, that was obvious. It was the first time that, that Red Bull were not good. Um, I think both... was a, I think they both knocked out in Q two because yeah, it was yeah, uh yeah, yeah it least. was yeah, yeah. lawson lawson knocked out max which that's was, right yes, Chad. <laughs> yeah in his last one but yeah it was um that was that was a real like attrition battle uh you know with signs at the front with his you know giving norris drs on purpose and then the the mercs pitting late and trying to to do that big overtake and you had you know yeah. Yeah, George and, and, and Lewis fighting through and then George make that big mistake at the end. That Titanic, and, oh my God, yeah, error at the end. It was so, so good. Blockbuster. Um, yeah. Uh, the Australian Grand Prix again, the, the chaos, we ended up watching it uh, again when we got home. If you watched our debrief, we uh, we watched it obviously at the event, realised how much we uh, probably missed and uh, re-watched it again. So it was uh, it just so, so chaotic. Yeah. Um, the other ones I want to throw in there is Monaco. Monaco this year again mm. was incredible, particularly the qualifying. We saw the the absolute Chad lap from from Verstappen. You know, we had Ocon the sector o three of the gods. Yeah, Ocon threw it on pole. Like somehow that car was really fast there, yeah. and then we had Alonso throw it on pole by like less than half a tenth, and Max was down, and then he just like blitzed the last sector by yeah. like throwing it everywhere, and that was like heart pounding stuff monaco qualifying is always really really good um and then i did think about monaco and yeah, then yeah. you had the the race which was wet near the end as well so you had all that strategy call and alonso was in it for the win if he'd yeah. made the right call like i think he came in one lap too early to put on yeah and then yeah it started started raining and he had to pit again so he he lost out on the win but it was sort of just really 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 close um and 
considering how Monaco races normally go, I think you have to throw that in there as like that was yeah that was yeah. good. And again, it was you know the rain. It's mixed weather conditions always spices it up, but um, yeah. What's well, probably another one you're going to throw in with mixed conditions, right? Dutch Grand Prix, yes, yes, that yes. Was, yeah. I thought about the two. Um, thinking about Monaco because <laughs> that one, like. The, the the reason that one was so good is you know you can have all the strategy in the world but when stuff like that happens at the Dutch Grand Prix it's just like that's just reactionary and it's sometimes yeah. it's just right place right time it's um you know having a calm head and and all this like which again we saw Norris's downfall is is not really having a calm head particularly mm. in those conditions where it's like you need to. You going to, for broke, yeah, going exactly. For the, but, yeah, the biscuit rather than to playing it safe. Yeah, yeah. So we had, you know, the wet to dry quality as well. So it's like, well, when do you mm. when do you go on to the the dry tire? Um, the race day they all started on the the dry tires, and then literally the very first lap, it's like, oh, it started pissing Monsoon. down. <laughs> do they pit this lap or do they like? Because it happened literally last sector, it started to rain. It's like, yeah. oh, do they go around another lap or do they immediately pit? Um, then it went back to dry, and then it went back to inters but if you waited a lap longer it was just full wets and then they red flagged the session and it was yeah. just everything happened had, that race yeah, yeah. the max fight so, back as well yeah yeah so that one's like just incredible um and then another one that wasn't um a, a, a wet race but um the silverstone again was just Probably the, the, the severe rise of McLaren definitely helped as well. Like mm. where we first saw, like, you know, we had Norris had the, the upgrade in Austria, but in Silverstone when they both had the upgrades and both yeah. of them were like, oh, they're just like second and third. Like they're just, yeah. they're just the next best team behind Max. Confidently um, second and third, yeah. Yeah, and, and I think the the on-track battles as well, like if you go back and watch the, the highlights of it in particular, um, the, the side-by-side battles where it's like, half the track the two cars are side by side that's that track is just so so good the way it flows makes it so so good for that side by side battle um and yeah it was just it was just good it was just really good uh they had a safety car at the end which again sort of spiced up the end of the race nicely as it was sort of petering out and they're like oh safety car that'll make the end of the race interesting so um but yeah i mean they're my contenders there was there's more you could talk about but when you when you have like what's that one two three I, i've got six races there <laughs> that yep. were that like that much happening and there was something in all of them exactly, you can go back yeah. and find something from all of them yep yep the the other thing and i'll be quick on it is this is what i say when i say that as much as max dominated it all of this was thrown at him and yet the record is <laughs> yeah. just incredible and the only race yeah. he really had the blunder later on at I think it, it's not like because of an error he made, it was just a general, you know, Red Bull oops, which he yep. totally owned up for, right? And just yep. put his hand up for to say it, it just is what it is. And yet mm. every race where they could have had an oops, he could have binned it, he had a challenge to fight through, all those you just mentioned, who came out on top? Yeah. Uh, like It's unbelievable, you know, it, yeah, when you look at it, it that yes, way. So, so. Um, if you had to pick one... Ah, uh, it's tough. I, I picked one. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, I, I was going to... The, the Dutch Grand Prix was good. Um, but if I... Outside of, like, a a, a wet... You know, the, the wet races, I feel like, you can kind of say, oh, that was good because, you know, it's all yeah. that. But, I like, outside of that, it's got to be Silverstone. I just think the side-by-side battling, yeah. they're just... It's just, just good. raw F1 racing. It's like good. It was the, yeah. yeah. It's really, really All the really teams good. kind of converging at a similar performance point. Mm, yeah. And yeah. I and obviously that storyline of the, the McLaren's rise, like their rise yeah. through the ranks to just become the second fastest team, I think just sort of added to that excitement and that hype as well. It was just, it's just good. It's just a really good Both race. Both the team and for Piastri as mm, well. It's really yes. where yeah. kind of had his stamp, but that's where yep. he's marked to say, by the way, uh, you know, I've got this thing. Yep. <laughs> yes. Figured yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess moving on to... Uh, before we touch on what we think of of, of each team and, and and where they sort of ended up, um, mm-hmm. wanted to briefly discuss the uh, the sprints. Obviously, there's always there's always talk um, about the sprints. You know, we, we we talked about how it felt. You know, with with the length of the season, the sprints were sort of a bit much. But putting that aside and just looking at the sprints and the I guess the weekend format and how it all sort of works as um as its own little thing um do you like the format do you think it's it's good for formula one um 
do you think we should be expanding? Do you think we should be changing? There's obviously there's a lot of discussion um, yeah. at the moment around <laughs> yeah. uh, various uh, weird and wacky ways to, to sort of liven it up. And then obviously you've got the other side of it saying it's it's crap, just can it. But um, I, I am curious. I know there's... there's sprints this year have been sort of a, a, a mixed bag some of them have been really really good and then other ones some we expected to be really good were pretty average um but yeah i'm, I'm curious yeah. if you have any sort of uh thoughts on on the whole format and the 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 idea of sprints as a as a thing so you're right it was a bit of a mix i guess we look at it where they had the changing in structure for this year where they kind of separate and having mm sprint be completely disassociated from the grand prix maybe that's what made it feel a little bit too much because almost like you two were races. watching yeah two races in, in one weekend yeah. um which in a compact calendar like we have made it mm. feel like a bit overkill whereas maybe it felt more naturally flowing last year because it was almost just like more sessions leading up to the race but they yeah. still weren't you know the, the race uh, like a race per se you still kind of flowed through them individually mm. um but I think we had a mix. I, I don't remember like 100%, but I remember some of them I really enjoyed. But maybe it's just because it was at a good track anyway and things were working in a way, you know, either it was because, hey, Piastri was doing well. That that was, you know, a trend, I think, both in, in Spa and in uh, Qatar, of course, yes. if I recall correctly. Yep. Um, so, you know, there's some excitement there, but then that's just because he was good in general that weekend. Um I, I, I still wouldn't say to scrap it. I still think experimenting, you know, I, I think it's good that we're still open to experimenting. I, like, I, I don't say that to say something's fundamentally broken and therefore we have to try something new, right? Like, we could just get rid of it and I wouldn't be upset. I'd be like, yes, that's fine. Yeah. This, this formula still works. But we could happen upon something that could actually be really cool. Um, there's been a bit of out-of-box thinking from a few people. That, you know, I've heard some really out-there ideas. There's some less than out-there ideas, like they're talking about a sprint-only championship but I think really that's just going to like yeah. mimic the normal championship anyway. Um, yeah. In a year where the same kind of people are winning. Yes. It kind of does help them to win a bit more. So you've almost got like, you know, the rich getting richer four yeah. point, you know, for half races, yeah, you know? Yeah, 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 exactly. Rich getting richer. Like I almost don't mind the idea if yeah. you almost flatten the points at the top, but then you maybe string it out a little bit, not to have mm -hmm. like half points, maybe even like groups of points. Where it's like, I don't know, like 5th, 6th, 7th is 3, 8th, ninth, 10th is 2, 11th, 12th, 13th is 1. I don't know, like you string it out. I know that feeds into a broader thing on points, which I think we're going to talk about later anyway, because yeah. that was a great question on points in general. Well, like, let's, bring, but... let's bring it up now. I'll, I'll, I'll bring yeah, it up so that we can talk idea. about it. Because uh, one idea. of the other questions, again, Volley, also uh, one of the, the constants for these, the bring, in, bring in a bunch of different discussion top topics and questions, had one um, specifically about the uh the sprints um and he says uh, there's a lot of talks about reverse grids for the sprint based on championship order or otherwise this could see teams fighting for points that are otherwise normally locked out is there an optimal way to either edit the point system to give more not all drivers points you put in brackets not all mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. or is there a change to the sprint format to make it more worthwhile instead of just handing out more points to the front runners um which i think that leads on to your point but i'll let you go on with your thought before i uh I have my thoughts as well, sure, yeah. Sure, yeah, you go with yours, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, I, think, I think the answer is try something different. Mm. What that something different is, I don't know. Fortunately, I'm not being paid to have that idea <laughs> to put something forward. Would be um, nice, but yeah. Yes, it would be, yes. I'm open, uh, you know... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm free. Um, um, I could be free, free. For, for enough. I got nothing. Yeah. Hey! Um... I uh, the other points of the idea I was thinking, and I guess this goes away from sprints for a second. I've always liked the idea of awarding every finishing driver points. I've this always was, liked points from start to finish. This was the other point <laughs> I had because I was watching the the Bathurst supercars, and I yeah. I realized like I don't watch a lot of supercars, yeah. and I realized that as long as you finish seventy five percent of the race and you're classified, like you drive yeah. across the you're finish classified. line at the end of the, at the end yeah. of the race, every driver gets points. So it's like. Granted, this is like a really long, you know, it's a, a endurance race. So there's, but there's like yeah. incentive to, you know, get the car fixed and, and drive. Yes. So rather than just retiring because, oh, we're not going to get points or, you know, not trying to be competitive. It's like, no, you still want to get back out there. You want to, it gives you incentive to actually finish the race yes. and get as many positions as possible. And almost because, race yeah. in a different, almost a different strategy. This was a bigger mm. talking point when 
Mana was still racing because they had they almost beat the record for like most races they finished in a row. It's when they had the Mercedes that was very reliable. They had a car that right, often yeah. basically didn't get a point or finish that well, but they finished more races than any other team combined. And mm. people were saying almost, I, th- I think it was the year where they got beaten, I don't know if it was by Sauber, by like a, an eighth place or something towards the end that I think Ericsson got or something. Um, yeah. That was the only reason that they got it, even though throughout the whole year they had worse results. A ton of failures, a ton of crashes when Mana basically had none and yet they lost out. And that's kind of where the conversation came up to say, well, is it a bit more further fair for the back markers? But it was a mm. legitimate thing because they were getting consistently a 14, 15, a 17, 18, but they're still going every race. Yep. It's similar to like... The Mercedes thing that we saw, you know, particularly last year, where they st- kept getting it just because they were consistently fifth, sixth, fifth, sixth, fifth, sixth, but yes. it was enough that everyone else was moving mm. around. It's the same thing, but for everyone else. Yeah, right? exactly. And you um, see it in, um, you know, they talk about it a lot in, if you watch F2 and F3, they always talk about how consistency is king there. And yeah. like, you don't even have to have the most race wins. You don't technically have to be the yeah. fastest driver. You just have to get consistently good points. And there's a good chance you could win that championship. So, yeah, exactly. Um, and that's I I think that's it, it's a legitimate thing. I know a lot of people. Um, there's the other side of the coin. I don't read too much into this, but some some people that I know have that have been against this are like, oh, I don't want to award points for participation. But yeah, which I I kind of get it, but at the same time, it's like the positives outweigh the negatives. I feel like so much more. Just yeah, it's it just seems like a really a really clever way to to keep everyone in it and keep everyone like hey we need to we we want to finish Perform, the race yeah. yes if, if you're yeah. like a Haas running 14 17 knowing near mm. p10 you're just bringing it home yeah instead if you're in a chain of cars from 12th to 16th which sometimes mm. we see sure they're fighting but ultimately they know it, it's just for scraps yeah, right yeah, yeah a 12th or 16th could actually be a difference between two three four points that could be massive yep, so i've yep, yep. i've always liked that idea of you know um mm. it's it's even crazy looking back to when it used to just be like top six or top eight yeah and that was the norm you know with, with and, and that's sure that was because there's so much volatility in that it, it kind of worked right mm. I, I don't mind as the 10 with with 20 cars when there was a bit more than 20 cars and maybe felt a bit off but mm. I've still liked that general idea. I know it doesn't really touch on the sprint. I think the sprint maybe is a place to test those kind of ideas. You know, maybe whether it's this or, or something else, you know, I don't know. But um, it just it just reminded me, as I say, of, of that idea, which, yeah. which I've always liked. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think that yeah. the, 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 there was a quote. I didn't get the exact quote, but something that I've heard Martin Brundle say a couple of times on commentary as well when they have the sprints. And it's like, I'd rather be watching this than a free practice session. And it's like... Yeah, you, ca- you can't really argue with that. Like, I'd yeah. I'd love to know the the viewing numbers, like from a commercial perspective. How many more, like, what percentage of people would watch a free practice session versus a sprint session? Like the actual data, because yeah. yeah. I can almost a hundred percent confidently, almost uh, guarantee that the sprint sessions both the shootout and the actual sprint itself will have higher numbers than a free practice session for that weekend so if you look at it that way like as long as those numbers are still going to be higher than a free practice session i don't think formula one cares that some people are like i don't like sprints i want to go back to the 90s and 80s when f1 was good and it's like but they're getting so much more viewership uh, yeah. why would they and why would even they while they're it? there yeah. they're selling so many more tickets because yes. they can sell a ticket for a higher price you know a slightly mm. higher price because you get you know normally a Saturday show you get the quality but then you got to wait all day to 4 or 5 p.m. to see the quality and yep. yet then you yep. get a mini you can go there and see a whole race weekend yeah, on one day yeah. you know s- sell out sell out on a Saturday um, yep. it's, it's I like this year though that we had examples where having only one practice session for a weekend and the sprint in the race made everything really tricky and let some underdogs shine. And I don't remember which one. I saw we had one or two where it did the opposite, where actually teams just didn't know what the hell they were doing and it made everything really boring and stagnant and drawn out. It made it worse. Yep. So it's it's like we were almost always of that opinion. You know, They've always said, should we just cut down to two free practice sessions? Should we make them shorter? Let's practice the better. And yet we had good examples this year where one practice session was nowhere near enough and everyone was mm. just loose all over the place and it just made for a bad, unorganized race where people just took it safe or no one really knew what they were doing and it worked out in poor favor Yeah, yeah. on a race which could have been really good. So 
I think it was almost good to have that so we don't go maybe too far down that path mm. already. But um, it's still talking around sprints. I know we should be talking about them. I feel like we just talked so much about them during the season well, I feel that like, it's almost just... <laughs> well, I feel like if you're talking about sprints, you kind of have to talk about the weekend format as a whole because it does yeah, play into it. Because it is such, in that bigger picture. Exactly, it's not like yeah, it's a Wednesday, yeah. Thursday event happening mm. beforehand. Because you, know? you can't it's, do It that. is happening yeah. in the bigger... Yeah. So, um, I mean, the, the the one thing that I did see, and this is... I'm not saying that I agree this is a good idea, but this is one thing. Uh, this is Gary Anderson on um, the race. I wonder if it's the one that I heard, but go on. Right, okay. It's, he's he's thrown up a suggestion for, for what a, a good sprint F1 weekend could throw up. I mean, actually, before I point that out, uh, the, the one thing that has been suggested as like kind of an immediate fix is having, um, uh, because Park Ferme, obviously, that's kind of plays into your question about like teams having no idea what they're doing mm. and um you know we had the the disqualification in in the circuit of the americas as well for the low ride height um and again that's you could argue that park park Ferme being right after free practice one is yes. a big reason yes. for that um Valid. so the the idea is is that we make uh we sort of push park Ferme back um but also we kind of swap like swap the re- weekend around a little bit where we go free practice one um and then instead of the main qualifying we have the sprint qualifying and then we have mm. the sprint race saturday morning and then park ferme comes into effect and then they can go to ah, to main qualifying okay. on the saturday um and yeah they can have you know the sprint qualifying and the the sprint session as kind of like even though they are, you know, races, qualifyings and races, it's kind of they're down like the wrong track. They can yeah. make changes under, um, you are not, not uh, outside of Park Ferme. They're not under Park Ferme already. Because so wasn't it Coda as well, where two or three drivers, they started from the pits so they could make changes because they had it so wrong. Wasn't it the Haas and Stroll or something? They just started from the pits because they needed Sounds to familiar. change yeah. things. Yeah. Because they said it was so bad and they were going to be near the back. They said let's just change it, take yeah. the penalty because we can see mm. we're so far off. We're not going to finish anywhere near the points. Yeah. And it, yeah, um, take, take we're probably going to see that again. That, that yeah. showed that obviously, mm. you know, it's so big a problem. <laughs> Teams go, it's worth it just to skip it because yeah. we've seen it so bad. Definitely. Yeah. So um, like that was one suggestion that they can, yes. they can throw in kind of immediately. They can just be like, okay, this is what we're doing. And yeah, you can adjust yeah. very, very quickly to that. So um, I think that's probably something if they're not going to do something, for for this year i guess it is i was gonna say next year it's still it is this year yeah, yeah, yeah. um <laughs> 2024 yeah um they're, if they're not gonna make those big changes or if they can't agree on something i think that's something that they can do right away and i can't yeah. imagine there'll be too much pushing back on that i feel like everyone will yeah. be like yeah no that's just a good idea so yeah, yeah um but the other i idea that i saw i said from gary anderson on on um on the race his idea, uh, it's another reverse grid. I still think we should try reverse grids. Um, we, we seem <laughs> just try it, we, just so people can stop asking exactly. for it. Exactly. <laughs> we seem to, we seem to be like so adverse to, or so so open or it, to everything. It's like, oh, we should try this, or we should try that. When we've yeah. had a sprint race format in the junior formulas for so long, and they won't try that. Yeah. Like I just don't understand why they won't try yeah. it. But anyway, that's I could go on a Separate. tangent again. So that's not the idea anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but his his idea was that you have a the one hour free practice session on the Friday. Um, he adds the caveat that it will require teams to run rookie drivers. So on sprint weekends, that free practice session would only be rookie drivers, which I'm sure. like okay. I don't know if I agree with that, but it's <laughs> something on friday afternoon you have a second one hour free practice session with your two main drivers um that's their opportunity to work on the car for the weekend on the saturday morning you have the qualifying session so he wants to go back to one qualifying um it would start with q1 which is a the full 20 car 20 minute q1 um mm-hmm. it sets the last you know remove the last five from the grid but from that one session one through 15 is reversed for their sprint race. So only Q1, okay. you have 15 through one, and that gets reversed for the sprint race later on the Saturday. But qualifying still keeps going with normal sort of Q2, Q3 for the feature race. 
So it's only Q1 that sets oh. sort of the reverse. So you could you could be like, oh, I'm gonna go slower to set the uh, you know the grid for uh, you know I want to be on reverse grid pole because I know I'm not gonna get close to pole. Okay, well then you're starting fifteenth for the main race. Like, um, that's cheeky. So I feel like that could sort of you know a lot of the a lot of the um the the thoughts that people have like why it wouldn't work i feel like that takes away at least one of the big ones which is like going deliberately slower um to try and get that reverse pole is like okay well then you sacrifice the main race and you start right at the back well exactly that's that's the f2 idea as well exactly yeah yeah but this i think it's even more severe because top 15 versus top 10 i think it is in f2 so yes um, correct it's top 12 top 12 and f3 because they've got 26 drivers so um, yeah yeah yes that's right so um he also added the an extra qualifying session for some reason as a q4 which is a a (laughs) one lap shootout uh for the top five and i'm like "Ah, i don't know that seems a bit bit overkill but we appreciate the idea (laughs) put it in the back pocket um but yeah like I i feel like it could work something like that um i just think just just try reverse grid like i know drivers don't like it i know people don't like it but all people don't like sprints anyway so and they're still gonna do it just just try it it might work i just want to see it one weekend just fucking try it yep and yeah i don't know but that's that's the one that i saw that i thought was the most interesting that actually i feel like had some merit to it i know there's there's been a bunch of conflicting thoughts uh a couple of the articles i saw uh, andreas stella from mclaren was like he's like oh the tire strategy is the re- is the best way to spice up the sprints not reverse grids and then uh who was it it was pirelli where was their where was their comment here we go pirelli's like not long, like less than a month after, it's like, no, it's the F1 tracks, not the tires, that's the key to more exciting sprints. Right. So, so no one, I mean, I don't know if that's set trying to say, like, Pirelli being like, no, it's not the tires. No, the tires are fine. Yeah, um, or they're just, yeah, in general going, yeah. Not it. But it's like, no one really knows what's making the sprints not exciting. Like, even when we we're going through into into the sprints or even to the sprint weekends i'm like we're going to circuit of the americas in our preview if you watch that or listen to that we're like this sprint should be really really good you know this track's really good for racing yeah and it ended up it ended up being the worst sprint of the year like it was it was it was garbage like it was was not good at all um i don't think it has anything to do with the track and then you have qatar which is a track that you thought like I was going into there, like, Oh, we've got a sprint weekend here. What a, what a waste of a sprint. And then you go into the sprint and you're like, that was one of the better ones of the year. And it's like, I, I don't think the track. It's to do with the factor that you can't know before the weekend, which is mm. almost how each team works with each other for that weekend. Mm. Right. And whether it's a team where you want, like whether it's a weekend where you want reduced practice or increased practice, yeah. whether it's a weekend where everyone's really close. So they're going to be close anyway, whether it's a, weekend where someone's brought an upgrade and therefore you know they're going to try something wacky in the sprints all these factors that you almost can't know until you actually get there yep so how do you plan around that you can't yeah Um, (laughs) yeah there was one other idea i saw i don't remember it in full i heard it Mm -hmm. i don't know if it was it must have been after a sprint or something or maybe it wasn't in the season review recently i think it was andrew benson from bbc and the checkered flag podcast i want to credit it to i believe it was on that podcast Mm -hmm. where they suggested, I don't know the specifics, but it's something I hadn't heard, where on normal race weekends, there are general, like for all the parts that you have, the engines, etc., there are consistent like output limits they put on certain things, mm. like your fuel flow and such. Mm-hmm. And they said, what if for a sprint, there's the option where you can run everything a little bit higher, a little bit high performance mode outside the normal regs. You buff it up a bit. Mm. It adds a lot more wear and tear, but it means that teams maybe who have a lot of parts of saving well can max out their juice towards the end of the year mm. and then maybe try to sneak a few points in the sprint. Not what I'd heard before. That's, something a bit left field. But I was like, I don't know. That's that's a, that's a unique idea. I'd not heard it yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, that, I, th- there is like the, the Pandora's box could truly be opened yeah. for for a lot of these ideas for the it's sprints true. there is still potential like i don't like like yeah. you i don't want to write it off just yet because it does um i think i think the the statement that 
I'd w- I'd rather be watching this than a free practice session does kind of ring true. And I think if yeah, they get yeah, it, yeah. if they get it right, I think it could it could be very very good. Um, yeah, but. Yeah, it's it's such a fine balance. Um, you feel like they might have yeah. to play with a few things to really see it. it yeah. it's, it's it's so hard to know before you actually try it. That's exactly so, it. That's, that's why I'm surprised. Even going to the yeah. first sprint, everyone's like, "What the hell is this gonna be?" <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. So yeah, that's why I'm surprised they didn't try the reverse grids already because it's yeah. Like, again, you don't. Know it, you it, try it's it, a pretty so. big commitment to try it. I think. Well, I think even just for one that race, bridge, but, you know. Yeah, I don't. Know. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I know, guess. I know. Anyway, I guess. Um. I mean, they could have done it one of uh, one of the ones later in the year, but I guess when you've got like teams really close in contention and drivers really close in contention in terms of points, then you risk like uh, you know, there's F one's bias for putting it at this race because yeah. you know it's given help to this team because they put it. Yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, th- yeah it's all was it politics, the tie rule they introduced so. mid this year? But you had to run the consistent ties and quality. Was that a sprint thing? That was or was that a main quality thing? No, that was this qual. No, the sprint quality because I think they were going to do a it. Sprint thing, right? They were going to do it at Imola, and then Imola got cancelled, right? Yeah, I think that sounds yeah. right. Yeah, where they have to go. Uh, it was hard, medium, soft, and then I think Something they like changed that, yeah. it to medium, medium, medium soft. soft because the yeah. hards were like just dog They're shit. Like, They're just, just like, no, yeah, we can't, yeah, we can't do too this. Risky. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that's, I think that's right. Yeah. Um, well, I definitely tried it. I just feel mm. like it was a sprint thing and not a general quality thing. I feel yes. like general quality was still... Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. That was another thing they changed. General quality, they abolished the rule. I don't know if it was this year or last year with the Quatsai you finish in Q2 you have to start on. Don't remember oh, what yes. year that, that yeah, was last yeah, year know, or this year. Just, again, this le- it could have been last year or this year. I don't know. It's all sort of... <laughs> Too many to little points yeah. to go yeah. into. Let's move on. <laughs> um, I mean, next year there was... Uh, this was from like late November. I don't know if there's been anything new since then. To be honest, I didn't really research it. Um, but uh, the F1 management proposed the next six... Um, events that'll have sprints for next year so as far as i can tell they're not upping it oh. from six um but it looks like they're going back to uh or again could just be rumors but um gone austria and interlagos uh qatar and austin again so those four will be staying and then instead of uh what was it spa and and the other one baku uh, we will be having shanghai and miami so Shanghai, okay. is, Shanghai is an interesting one. We haven't been there. It's a for bit what... of a return, I guess. They're throwing them a party. I guess so, back, but also <laughs> it's it's also been how many years since we've been there and drivers. God, it'd be and weird teams. to be back there because it feels like it's a mm, classic now. It, cla- it <laughs> like is a, a little bit. Uh, not a cla- you know, my classic, mm. not classic. It's in a yeah, yeah, spa yeah, classic, yeah, yeah. but uh, a historic. Mm. Uh, yeah, you know. Um, my point for that was. Shanghai, you know, they haven't been there for so long. They definitely haven't been there on these types of cars. A lot of drivers mm. haven't been there, and they're going to have one practice session to to get used oh, to the true. track. That's that could be again. It could go one or two ways, but like I just exactly that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It could be great, yeah. or it could actually make it mm. ruin of what is could be a really good racetrack normally. Yeah, you can't yeah. Know. It's it's yes. Yeah, and how you know without a baseline either? Because I guess with other circuits, you know, like Coda would always been there. You had a baseline mm. here. Well, as long as the show's good, it doesn't matter what your baseline is. But still, if it's poor, it might have been poor anyway. Yeah, you know? yeah. But anyway, so, we'll um. But yeah, that's we'll that's see. the thought anyway. I think we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, I'm keen to get back to 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 Shanghai anyway because I just like that circuit. So um, yes. but yeah, <laughs> I just thought. I guess yeah. Go on. You go on. No, you go on. No, you go. You no, go. Yeah, no, no, no. After you, I was gonna say I'd just like repeat. Like I just don't. I, I don't know if it's a good idea to, to, you know, be the first race back after so many years. So, like, most of their historical data is, like, mainly irrelevant. Like, they'll have some, yeah. but it's, like, pretty irrelevant. And then they go back and it's like, here you go, you got 60 minutes. And that's assuming we have, like, a, a, a good track for 60 minutes. It's like, okay, now... In some way, they can have variable yeah. weather. It's true. It yeah. can be very variable weather there. So, so. Uh, And if they don't make the changes to the sprint format, then it's like, yeah. one practice session, park firm, cool. 